Welcome to the Life and Times podcast with your host Lloyd Phillips. This is a podcast that's put on for the people, by the people, of the people. I, to be honest, I think I'm the only people. It's all. It's really just going to be me, probably, and uh, occasionally maybe some other people, but. Welcome back to the Life and Times podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips. And, uh, you know, we'll get to our episode right after a word from our sponsors. Boxing Bear Print Company. You can reach them at BoxingBear.com. Boxing Bear is an independent art studio and print company located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Since 2011, the studio has stocked alternative art prints and paintings for its loyal customers and friends. And right now, if you subscribe to their mailing list, you can get 20% off. I mean, I'd go hit them up. As a matter of fact, these guys made my infamous podcast logo, which I'm still very much appreciative of. So go check them out at boxingbear.com. Our next sponsor is The Cookie Barn. You can reach them at thecookiebarnwaco.com. So they're an online cookie company, and they have a pickup location, and they'll deliver locally in the Waco, Texas area, but they also ship nationwide. So you can order for birthdays, anniversaries, reunions, showers, or just really any occasion, uh, or just enjoy them yourself. So they specialize in company and client relations, and they have discount pricing. So let your clients know and your customers know that you're thinking about them, and you appreciate their business. Also, with every purchase, you'll be satisfied knowing that you're supporting an amazing nonprofit organization and they help foster and adoptive families. So a portion of every purchase goes towards e1a.org. Encourage one another, thecookiebarnwaco.com. Winchester Ranch premium beard oil products contain unique scents that are unmatched in the marketplace. They only use natural, unfiltered, uncut oils to provide the most nourishing ingredients in your beard regime. So leave the big box beard oils for the hipsters because no self-respecting cowboy wants to work cattle smelling like a New Jersey nightclub. So whether it's AM Lumber, Outlaw, Trail Boss, or Whiskey Saddle, Winchester Ranch Beard Company has a scent for everyone. You can reach Winchester Ranch Beard Company at winchesterranchbeardco.com. Once again, winchesterranchbeardco.com. Welcome back to another edition of the Life and Times podcast with your host, Lloyd Phillips. How are you guys doing? Uh, glad, to, glad to be back here uh, on this date. Uh, this week I was talking uh, with somebody, and I don't, I don't remember what they asked me, but it had something to do with work, and they were asking me questions about my previous professional field and, and were just saying certain things. And, uh, and I started thinking, like, Oh, wow. I don't know if I've ever even talked about this, which is like a, kind of a fascinating thing. Now, it won't be word for word um, like we all know. I don't, I don't go back and research this stuff. I, I don't have to research it. I was part of it, but I didn't go back and read the, um, the news article. Here, here's where I'm going with that. 
So as I, somebody asked me that question, it, I recalled this story. Uh, a long time ago, um, well, not, it wasn't that long ago, but in my previous life, I was a safety guy is what I was. And I word it that way. Uh, I, don't, I don't even, actually, I don't even like that wording. Uh, these days, they call themselves safety professionals. And I'm not acting like it's not. I, um, I just know at all levels. It doesn't matter. If you're a safety tech, safety lead, safety manager, site safety manager, uh, you're a regional manager, you're a safety director, uh, you're the vice president of safety, you're the senior vice president of safety, it doesn't matter. When, people, when you go to meetings, they'll still call you a safety guy. Which would just honestly, it honestly burns me up when that happens. It would make me mad, you know. Like I work hard to try to get to this level. You get there and you go sit in a meeting, um, and because you're safety and you're not like the operations manager, operation, I could even be above them, uh, uh, position wise. And you go sit down in front of these big clients and be like, oh, "We got our safety guy with us too." The, <laughs> I mean, it would it would burn me mad. It doesn't. It wasn't. It's not so much an ego thing. It wasn't an ego thing. I mean, you could say that, right, the way it sounds, but that wasn't it. Uh, the reason it wasn't an ego thing, it was more of a respect thing out of the people that were saying it, just because, uh, you know, in the in the professional world of construction and oil and gas industry, yeah, there are some safety um, directors, safety guys. Now, here I go. There's some safety guys that, that, do, that are respected and people like them and, and know them. Uh, and I and honestly, I kind of felt like I was one of those guys also. But, you know, you get meetings with some people and be like, oh, I was a safety guy. And it w- really wouldn't be the operations guys. It was usually the sales guys that would do that, right? They would say it, you know, because they – depends on where you're at. It depends on where you're at. Uh, some sales guys are really uh, uh, pretty pretty full of themselves. And by the way, in case anybody's listening, the last place I held a W-2 job, I'm actually not referring to anybody there, uh, I'm, I was thinking deeper than that. So anyway, here's where I'm going. So I, I, I don't like that. I don't like when they say safety guy. I hate that kind of stuff. But uh, so I'm looking for a guy that I got to hire. Why did I get all sidetracked by that? I don't know. Probably a sore spot. Maybe that's why it was in my head. So I, I'm going to, I need to hire a guy. I'm, I'm trying to hire a safety director. And at the time I was a vice president. And I was like, I was like trying to stick somebody in the spot. And I had looked at a hundred resumes I mean, I was getting resumes from people. Remember, it was um, construction. It was, um, I keep saying oil and gas because that's a word I've used forever. It did have to do with uh, fuels, um, but more ethanol, not so much like go to the oil field, you know. But I wanted somebody in that kind of field. I wanted somebody that's dealt with that type of customer, dealt with that kind of job, dealt with that kind of crew, that type of construction, all that kind of stuff. Like I have, I had this ideal candidate. So when somebody would send me um, some kind of a resume from somebody that did safety at Home Depot, that was not what I was <laughs> from Home Depot. And they're like, uh, yeah, look, so he works at Home Depot. He knows about construction. No, he doesn't. He works at Home Depot. He knows, he knows about the tools that you would go take to a construction job. He doesn't know about the job, right? So that, that kind of stuff was annoyance, but... Uh, Not everybody knows, right? Yeah, they don't know. Which is why when I wanted to hire somebody, I didn't want to, I didn't want (laughs) to, by the way, I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do this. You should definitely work with HR. You should. Uh, Remember, this is kind of a, uh, this is a comedy podcast. I'm just saying like, 
it, what's in my head. So, like, when I want to hire somebody, I don't want to sit in the room with three other people that don't know what I'm looking for, nor do they know my job, nor do they know what – they don't know anything about it other than what they read on the paper because somebody wrote a job description 12 years previous. Anyway, right? So, I know I want to hire this guy. So, I, I set up an interview, um, and I was just – filling them out. It was a guy I was interested in. The resume looked good. The guy was more educated than I was, so I was going to assume that he was smarter than I was. He was older than I was. Just based on that, then I think, like, I don't know, probably he's even got more experience than I do. I mean, he's 20 years older. He's got a, he's got, he had a life when I was still a kid, right? So he had a working life. All, so his resume looked unbelievable. And I'm like, I want to talk to this guy. So I bring him in. And I was excited to bring him in. I was excited to talk to him. Because I, I cannot believe that somebody with this resume is applying for the type of job that I was looking for. Now, I was a director, but we, you know, it wasn't like it was a real oil and gas company where they're at least going to make a, a pretty good amount. So, uh, <laughs> and so yeah, he was coming in a little lower, especially for all those credentials. I was, I was a little tossed by it. So we bring him in. Now, by the way, by the way, I'll get this out of the way before I even tell any more of the story. So as I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing where he's at now, uh, where he was at now, I was kind of confused by it, um, but it said he was some kind of manager-type guy. I don't remember if it was maintenance. I don't remember if it was safety. I don't remember if it was security. I don't remember what it was, but some kind of management type on the staff at a church, uh, you know, where the, in the city where the office was. So I, I just assume that his current job, you know, had this highly professional guy, and they're like, hey, man, he doesn't want to leave. Uh, he wants to be local. He wants to help the church. Let's just put him on staff. Like, what a knowledgeable guy. What a good guy to have. That's how I looked at it. So, the, but the only, that's the thing that stood out, because I thought for all these jobs this guy's done for years, I'm like, man, it's kind of weird that he's just said, all right, I'm going to go work at the church's maintenance or whatever it was. And uh, so I look up the church. Cause I, so I'm assuming a guy of this stature was really, he was working at that church uh, because I just assumed it was like a mega church. You know, like the one that has 10,000 employees. I just thought it was one of those, which I didn't know existed in that town. I, at least I hadn't heard of one, but that doesn't mean it's not there. I just don't know about it, right? So I'm, even though I have an office there, I don't know anybody there. I don't know about the city. But I just assume a guy, like with this resume I'm looking at, oh, he probably just signed on. They probably pay him a large amount to work at this church. So I look up the church because I've never heard of a mega church in that town. And when I look it up, it's like an old abandoned red brick building, like from the images. From the images on, on Google, I'm looking at what I thought was a rundown, non-functional red brick building that, that was built a long time ago. So I look at the address, and then I, I'm able to see that there's some kind of ministry out of there. But it wasn't anything that you would have considered to be a megachurch. If you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm just based on the pictures and based on the pastor's wife. I'm like, oh, well, this isn't a megachurch. This just looks like regular people, you know. <laughs> I'm not dogging anybody. I'm just saying, you know, megachurches really ham it up. They really, they wear fine suits and, you know, all that. So they just look like regular people. So, so that tossed me because I thought, why would a guy with such credentials, why, why would he just be like, uh, I think it was maintenance. I'd have to go look. I don't remember. Uh, I'm like, why would he do that? Well, 
I didn't know, but but that's what stuck out to me. And now and now I will move forward. So I want to meet this guy. So I, I bring him in. So the first interview, I, like I, what I was alluding to earlier, I don't want to have to run it through HR. I want to talk to him myself. I don't need anybody sitting there. And as a matter of fact, they don't even ask questions. They just want to sit there. I mean, and that's okay, man. It's okay to work with HR. I worked with them all the time. I didn't have a problem with it. But I was just filling a guy out. I wasn't, like, trying to make a hire. I was just wanting to see. I was very confused why this credentialed kind of guy wanted this job. Bring him in. Talk to him. He's, like, hamming it up bigger than Dallas. Like, this guy wants to work here. He sold out for a company that, uh, that he can use his skills, utilize his knowledge. And he's like, yeah, man, I would love to be here. And I'm floored. I'm floored. I ask him a bunch of safety questions, um, things, how would he handle certain things, certain positions, because I was trying to make him a director. And based on his credentials, by the way, he was way more credentialed than I am by far. Like, so I was very enthusiastic. You know, they always say you want to hire people smarter than you. Well, I was doing it right now. I was right now doing it, and I was fired up. So um, that's it. I basically, I, I talked to him. I was like, yep, this is the guy. This is the, there's nobody else in the room. But I, I did it to his face. I'm like, hey, i got to be honest. Uh, there's a couple more interviews. I like you. Like, I, I want to hire you now. And to be honest, uh, it's, it's uh, me who says yes or no. I was like, but i got to run it through HR. i got to tell them. Uh, but, man, I like you. I think it's going to be a thing. So, appreciate you coming here. I was like, I don't know anything about money yet. I don't know anything about it because we haven't had that talk. But just I just wanted to know why somebody so credentialed uh, wanted this job. So, I shake his hand. He walks out. Walk him, I walk him out the front door. I'm feeling like a million dollars. I mean, literally. Like, I just, I, just, I just landed the big tuna, right? I'm fired up. And so, I walk into HR. I was like, hey, guys. You know, remember, you're supposed to talk to these people they want you there and all that so i walk in I'm like hey guys found the guy like uh 100 like we dug through 100 resumes this this is the guy for sure and they're like um well what about him i'm like well i mean i just talked to him and i know that you want to sit in there but i'm just saying i've been doing this for a while this is the dude like uh his his experience level his answers he gave uh his education like this is the guy that's going to take my spot. And I was fine with it. But, I mean, that's actually why I was trying to hire somebody. I was trying to hire somebody to eventually get out of that role. And so, um, but HR guy, he starts looking. And he's like, mm, man, I've heard of this guy. That's what he says. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I've, I've, I just know this guy. I'm like, what do you mean you know this guy? You don't know this guy? No, because I think they're digging, like trying to get my business, what I think. And he's like, no, just something. Uh, I know that name. So within a minute of sitting there and, and this guy saying, I know his name, he, he pulls up a Google search, and he's like, yep, this is it. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean this is it? He's like, told you I knew that guy. There's a 2020 special I watched like 10 years ago. I mean, this is like photographic stuff. This guy said immediately when I said his name, he's like, I know that name. And now what you don't know, you know how many times I've watched 2020 in my life? The, like the Friday 2020 edition, a thousand of them. I don't know. I don't know how many weeks I've been alive. I didn't do the calculations, but uh, hundreds. I've watched hundreds of them because uh, my mom, that's what we would watch every Friday, I think, when it came on, 2020. Remember those stories? You do. If you know, you know. And so um, I watched them all the time. Point is, I don't remember any 2020 special outside of, like, Michael Jackson and um, – I got 
I got to be honest, Michael Jackson might be the only one I ever actually like, oh, there's a 2020 special. So there's this guy and his name, his name is Matt Shepard. Now, I don't know if I can get in trouble for that or not. I mean, he's a private citizen. I'm not dogging him. I'm just saying what he did. I mean, look it up. If you just, <laughs> the guy knew after 10 years. I'm saying that, oh, sorry, I rambled. I don't remember any 2020 outside of Michael Jackson. We just say some random name. I already said it, so uh, we'll just let that carry on forward. I don't know if I'm supposed to say his name or not. I have no idea. And uh, so, looks him up, pulls up a whole story. It's a whole story. Uh, it's on Wired.com. So I'm looking at it, and the 2020 special was about a guy who faked his own death. Now, I'm not going to recite that story, and I haven't read it since the day that I said I'm going to hire this guy. I read it that day, <laughs> and then I'll, and I'll, I'll get to it. So I got, so here, here's his story, though. He's like, oh, no, man, this guy faked his own death. I watched him on a 2020 special, and now he's reading an Internet story about it. And the Internet story um, was – Somebody went and interviewed him, and so he got his whole life story. Like he was down on his luck, didn't feel good, you know, about life or whatever. He's like, you know, what if I, what if I just disappeared? You know, because I don't, I mean, he didn't want to do the thing that nobody wants him to do. Nobody wants anybody to kill themselves, you know, not that. But he's like, uh, what if I just wasn't here? You know, what if I disappeared? What if I faked my own death? My wife would get uh, this, this money for the life, for the life uh, insurance. Yeah, that's what they did. He faked his own death. I don't remember where he was at. I don't remember that whole story. I would love to say it, but this story's not about his story. This story's about me trying to hire the guy. So, yeah, so he completely goes to Mexico. Somehow he got found out. Once again, I don't know. You'd have to read the story. I just gave you the name and the article. Go look it up. But uh, So I'm just baffled uh, at what the guy's telling me, and I'm like, this guy is the greatest guy I've ever interviewed. And so, like, I'm a little hurt. A couple feelings. I'm a little hurt. I'm a little confused. Uh, I'm a little mad. I'm a little... <laughs> I'm a little... Uh, did I say amused? Maybe? I can't... Like, this guy had his own special for being a con artist. And I just sat down with a known con artist. Like a guy who has his own 2020 special. Now, what you don't know about me is I always kind of prided myself on being able to read people. I, I just, it's just a thing I feel like I can do. I've, I've always, I don't know, let's use this, this word, uh, my EQ level. I feel like my EQ level is high. And I, I can usually detect and pick up on things. Now, outside of that uh, ministry thing, and I couldn't figure out why he was doing that job, which was a red flag, the interview, like he... He knew the safety. He knew all the safety, the right answers when it came to situational safety. He knew it all. I just got scammed by a scammer. Now, 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 I wasn't mad yet. I read the article, and then when I read the article, after I read the article, I do got to go a little into the article because otherwise you're going to not know why I was so mad. The interviewer asked him, he said, hey, why did you pick safety? It's not word for word, it's just from memory, but why did you pick safety? And he said, because I felt like it was, <laughs> remember, remember the safety guy comment? This is what he said, the scammer. He said, because I felt like the safety, the safety field was the easiest thing to get into. You just got to take a little test through OSHA and then, and then just 
tell, you know, and then just read some articles and act like you know it, and you just walk in and tell people, and then uh, they never really do background checks when they hire safety people. They just you act like you've been on a project, and they hire you. That's what he said. That's what he said in the internet interview. And then he said, I knew what safety guys want to see. I know what safety managers want to see when they interview you. I know the different OSHA classes they want you to take. I know what things to write on the resume that they want to see. So I just wrote all those things on the resume, and uh, I turned it in. And, and that's how I started doing it. Now, I don't remember in this story. I don't remember where it falls. But somewhere in there, he had also been to prison for fraud before. That's why he made this up like made the story up he also got busted of course because he faked his own death however that falls once again go back and read the article i'm just simply saying that the same scam that he told a reporter in 2013 that interview was eight years five six years seven years whatever the date was before that interview on wired.com was before i tried to hire him everything he told the interviewer in wired.com is exactly what he told me in the interview. So he scammed me. He walked me like, just walked all over me, just like he did in the original whatever safety interview, wherever he did it for some larger corporation and ended up being the safety director of a very large company. And he did it by scamming and lies because he's like, I know what they wanted to hear. I'm sitting in an interview and he told me everything I wanted to hear. Remember, I read his resume and I thought, oh my gosh, this guy wants to work here. Unbelievable. I get to the interview. I'm asking him questions, but he knew the answers. Now, the reason he knew the answers, because he had lied before, got the previous safety director job. So, turns out the scammer actually in real life does now know safety. It's just that he scammed to get the job. So, so that's an important thing to this story. He scammed to get the job, but he does actually know the work now because, you know, because of the scam, he did the job for like six years or whatever, whatever the time frame was. He went to prison a couple of times. You'd have to look it up. I don't remember. Well, so, so, I'm, I'm, so then I'm mad at him. Now I hate the guy because I got scammed and I didn't even know it. Like he looked me right in the eyes every question I ask him, and he's completely lying to me, at least about his background and education. Like just complete lies, and he like went in depth about it. Um, you know, <laughs> so he's he sold me. Once again, work questions, whether they were lies or not, I knew the answer, so it was fine. So I was, like, pumped up. Okay, here, you ready? Ready for this? Here's where, <laughs> here's where, I don't know, I don't, I was a little wrong for this thought. I, we didn't hire him, okay? But as I'm sitting there, after I found all this out, and I'm sitting there with HR, and, uh, and I was like, I hate the guy. Like, and I was mad. And about two weeks later, we hadn't hired anybody yet. And uh, I started thinking about it. I still didn't like that he lied to me at all. But I thought, <laughs> at, at this point, this guy is the best guy we've interviewed to this day. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I, like, uh, I really still wanted to hire the guy. I, the, only reason, <laughs> the only reason I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want him to fake his own death. Uh, if, you know, if he like, if it was like a Tuesday, maybe and he's like, you know, I don't want to go to work today. I'll have my wife call in dead. So, uh, I don't have to show up. So I just didn't want, I didn't want to hire him in case he did something like that. And like, Oh, turns out he wasn't dead. He made it. He's coming to work. He'll be there on Thursday. I just didn't want that to happen. But what's funny is in real life, in my head, I like in my head, I'm like, I, 
I kind of want to hire the guy. Like, I still want to hire him. Like, I, he knew it. The only problem with that, uh, <laughs> the only problem, can people, listen, can people change? Yeah, of course they can. Yeah, yeah, they can, except for he just lied to me to my face again, right? So the story continues. Uh, but he, and uh, that was it. I didn't hire him. But, oh, yeah, why didn't I hire Why? Why? Because in that role, when you're in the safety role, you see people's personal information all the time. Like, you always have their personal information. So, I, you, we couldn't do it because of a, free, a previous fraud charge. We just didn't want to take the responsibility. Look, I wanted to hire him because he was the smartest guy in the interview. But to be honest, uh, I knew that we weren't going to be able to for the reasons that I just said. Um, but that's it. I got scammed. You know, at least if I'm going to get scammed, like at least if I'm going to get scammed face-to-face, I'm not talking about phone scams, that stuff happens all the time, but if I'm going to get scammed face-to-face, at least it was like a professional con artist. Like at least it wasn't just like a kid who rolled in there who tried to tell me a story and uh, and I had to like stare at him and just think, you're not that smart, kid. Now, at least it was a professional, you know? If you're ever going to have that happen to you, at least it was a professional. That's it. I don't know if he knows CPR. I don't know. If, I mean, I'm sure it was written down on the paper. I don't know if he knows that stuff. Speaking of CPR, I'll tell you this. <laughs> so I, I, I was in Dallas uh, one year. It was a few years back. And I, don't, I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast. I actually don't tell uh, work stories because I never mixed those two. But, you know, since I'm a couple years out and I'm doing insurance now, I'm fine with it. Um, because I'm not like going to divulge anybody's personal information. I'm just saying. So I had, I had this uh, girl and, uh, she worked for me at the time. And so we go to Dallas for a safety conference and pretty cool conference. I mean, I was at the Gaylord Texan and, uh, uh, Bill Clinton spoke at, at that place. He wasn't the president at the time. It was after, but just the fact that they got a former president to come to the thing. That was cool. doesn't matter where you're party affiliation is doesn't matter it, you know there was a president in front of me and i just thought like oh man that's pretty that's pretty neat and obviously he didn't get into politics that's not the point of his of his speaking engagement so it was um so it was, he was funny like he was actually funny well we go eat dinner with the client and so that client i guess we had spent a lot of money with now at that time um i I looked at budgets, but I didn't. I wasn't in charge of making them yet. So, like, we go down. So we go go down with this uh, this clients that we have that we spend a lot of money with. So they're taking us out, taking the safety department out. And it wasn't me. It was uh, it wasn't just me. It was it was my old boss. It was my new boss. It was my my boss's boss. Uh, some lady that I took her position that. I don't know what position she holds, but she was at corporate now, and uh, it was me and my uh, the lady that that worked for me, worked with me. Same thing. I mean, it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like it was a subordinate relationship. She was a very intelligent person. So, and uh, you know, we're friends to this day. I'm friends with her husband. Like, you know, it's not it's not like that. I'm just saying that, <laughs> like, we knew each other pretty good, and. Uh, all right, here we go. So we're at dinner. And I don't know, we're in there like 30 minutes. She's not 
talking as much as she normally does. Like she was kind of a funny girl. And so I'm talking to, you know, my my old boss and my new boss. They're to my left and this girl's to my right. And then uh, that other lady I said that's corporate. It, it doesn't matter. I'm just trying to give you a visual picture. They're to my right, my boss and my old boss, they're to the left. So I see this lady um, grab the lady that worked for me and she was in her ear but the way she was holding her would lead you to believe that something was wrong. So since she was doing that and she didn't look good, uh, I put my I put my hand on her other arm, uh, thinking that you know so, uh, at this point something's not right with her and it's not and it's not mental problems like something is wrong with her like medically. And so the lady stands up and she faces the table and the client. She said, "Hey, we're going to go in the next room now." At this point, I have her. I I got my hand on on top of her shoulder and i got my other arm i got my i got i got i got my hand on top of her shoulder i got my other hand on her arm so when the lady stands up to tell him we're going to the next room she falls out like in my arms but when she falls out like she starts convulsing a little right so i'm like uh <laughs> um now i'm gonna tell this story from a funny perspective because it's because well well because it's things i thought about right so so I'm like holding her. She falls out. She starts convulsing. I lay her down on the floor, and I'm like, hey, 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 hey. You know, because the lady was still telling them, we're going next door. Uh, we're past going next door. She's in the floor. So I'm like, hey, hey, hey. So, like, I'm down there. Now, because she's convulsing and she passed out, I know I'm supposed to roll her over on her side. Like, I know, I know this. Well, I got these shoes on, and they were pretty fancy shoes, and um, my back was actually against the wall. So if I rolled her over, um, about my foot length between the wall and her body is about all the space I got. And, uh, because of where she fell, her head's like by my shoes. And, uh, I, and I just think like, I don't know, should I roll her over? I know I'm supposed to, but my shoes are here. And if she throws up, I don't want all my shoes. These shoes are fancy. That's what I thought. This is all stuff that went through my head. Right. <laughs> so, so like she's laying there and then I see something start to come out of her mouth and I'm like, oh gosh. So I grab her and I rip her over, you know, the way like on her side and she spits something out of her mouth and, uh, and like she's there and cause she was like shaking, you know, sometimes when people pass out, they shake or they get knocked out. They, you know how they people do, or if you don't, <laughs> it's not like a super tragic thing, but some people it would mentally set with them. So, like, she's out, and, and I'm like, oh, man, uh, okay. So, I roll her over. She starts to come to. Now, this is all in about maybe a 45-second period, minute maybe. And she starts saying, I was just dreaming. I was dreaming. I was just, I'm just dreaming. I was a dream. And I was like, no, 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 Katie. Oh, well, well, that's her name. Sorry about that. So, I was like, no, no. Um, Listen, I probably am going to X out her name. You might not even hear it when you get to this part. Uh, so anyway, so I'm like, yeah, you're okay. It's like, but you're not dreaming. Like, it was real. Like, it's fine. Just lay here. Calm down. So she lay there about another minute, and then we were going to move her to the next room because uh, we got clients, even though we're in the, the safety world, uh, our clients don't deal with that kind of stuff on a daily basis. Or if somebody goes down in, in like, one of our work areas, they always go get the safety guys. Well, these people... They're just catering to safety people. They're not safety people. So they're like horrified, st staring at what's going on. Now, what? listen to this. I'm stuttering here. There's one thing important to note. 
My old boss. Remember, there's my old boss and my new boss. That's how I'm going to use it for this story. My old boss, uh, he was a 25-year paramedic uh, in Houston. Uh, He has been involved in all kinds of trauma in his life. I believe he's even that. I don't remember which one, so I don't want to blow it. Uh, But he was at one of the plants that exploded in Baytown. He's been around a lot of different things. He's been around trauma a long time. Now, I'm not calling this trauma. A little seizure or whatever, uh, and and so I noticed though when I'm rolling her over, I notice when I'm in the floor, and I notice that we're going to go ahead and move her to the next room so we can remove ourselves from the horrified clients. I noticed he never got out of his chair. That's what I noticed. You know, the paramedic guy, the guy who lives for trauma, never got out of his chair. You know, let me just backtrack here for a minute. At that restaurant, my new boss. When they started ordering, people were ordering tomahawk steaks. I can't even believe I skipped this part. Sorry. I'll get back to the lady on the floor in a second. So they start ordering tomahawk steaks. And everybody, like their whole whole company is. And he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I'll just probably get this regular because I didn't want to overdo it. Now, we were at a restaurant in Dallas that looked like you were on TV. Uh, In real life, the uh, valets out front – the cars parked in Valet out front were Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Bentleys, like you would see on a movie. And they have them parked in the front door so you can see what kind of clientele are there. Like, it was a pretty fancy place. Well, these Tomahawks were $150 a piece, and but I was just, I was new. I was just getting to that level uh, to where we went to those kind of places. And so I just, like, very beginning. So I didn't really want to overdo it. And he said... Uh, you know, it's it's family podcast, so I'm not going to use his words exact, but he said, we spend a lot of money with these people, order it. He's like, order what you want. And I'm like, okay. So I ordered the tomahawk steak. Uh, I got to backtrack. They finally set the meal down. Um, I was in, I had just sawed off my first piece of tomahawk. The first piece was on my fork. That was when I noticed what was happening to my right. Uh, with her talking uh, to the lady uh, that I worked with, the corporate lady talking to the lady that I worked with every day. I set the fork down. Now she strokes out in the floor. Okay, now we're back to the story. That's a that's a very important part to the story. Um, so we uh, we go next door. Now because it's a fancy restaurant, the waiters knew, so they were just they they made a man wall, a wall of staff. So the, the, so the actual real clients, uh, clients, uh, patrons that frequented the place often didn't see all the medical emergencies, emergency going on, so we didn't uh, stress anybody out. They just formed like a human wall where nobody could see down that hallway. So we go in, and she's laying on the floor, and... Uh, you know, she's not good. She said, I'm, I'm cold. I'm so cold. So I took off my sweater, and I put it on her in under probably four seconds. She said, I'm hot. I'm hot. And she threw the sweater off. Now, we got her legs elevated, and so there's three of us in there. Oh, by the way, not the 25-year paramedic. He's still in there stuffing his face full of tomahawk. So, um, so, <laughs> so she's sitting there, and she goes, mm. And I and I you know I'm looking now it's just a it's a tiny room there there's like four of us in there and to include her she's like mm, and I'm like um, she's like 
um, out of nowhere, mm, uh, I'm about to poop my pants, about to poop my pants, about to poop my And I'm like, no, 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 no. All I could think was, no, 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 please don't poop your pants. Please don't poop your pants. That's all I could think because it was a tiny room and I was going to have to sit in there and smell it. And I didn't want to sit in there and smell it because it's going to be gross. And I know you're having a medical emergency, but if you'd please just hold your number twos in, I would, <laughs> I would greatly appreciate it. Because my services are about to be over if you do a number two in your shorts. Right? That was all the things I thought. She's like, mm, 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 and so uh, she said, okay, I'm good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're good because it's about to be a rough deal in there. That's I was about to get out. Fire department shows up. They assess her. They put her on a gurney. I'm speed loading this part. Put her on a gurney, and they're walking out. Now, Now, my new boss was in the room. He was one of the three or four in the room. So as we're exiting, remember there's a man wall, so we don't, uh, so we don't, we don't affect the very super rich people of Dallas. They don't need to see this trauma. They're out there eating uh, tomahawks themselves. And so we're walking down the hallway, and I'm walking by my new boss. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, Ken, Ken. Now what you don't know is, look, I know it was a medical emergency, but at this point the fire department's there, so the level of I wouldn't call it anxiety, but you know the level of kind of little stress is over. The fire department's there, and 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 uh, she was fine. Uh, she was going to be fine. I mean, we didn't know yet, but just probably a blood pressure thing. She hadn't eaten in a while. She was a marathon runner, all that stuff, right? So she just kind of passed out. That's what it was. Even though she convulsed, that was the weird part. But we're fine. We're walking down the hallway. So I'm like, Ken, and he like looks at me, and I'm like, Ken. And he like he like makes an annoyed face. Now you can see if you see on the on YouTube, but he he's like, "What man? What?" And I'm like, "What about those tomahawks?" And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "What about the tomahawks? The tomahawks, Ken?" And he's like, "Dude, we're walking." He's like motioning that we're walking behind this gurney thing. He's like, "Dude, I mean, relax." And I'm like, "I know, but those tomahawks, I bet they're delicious." That's why I said. Now he's not even smiling. He's not, he's not amused by anything I'm saying. And I'm just trying to, like, make light of the situation because, like, it's over and he's still acting like it's World War III. So, <clears throat> we, so we walk out. They put her on the, uh, you know, the, on the ambulance. The, the biggest boss of the company and the corporate lady, they go with her. So we go back to in the room. Now, when I walk back in the room, it's dead silent. Like, it's just silence. Uh, and it's weird. It's awkward. Because these people have witnessed trauma unlike I'm not sure half of them haven't seen because just, of course, by their face. So all you can hear is just uh, knives and forks clinking plates. And uh, <laughs> that's all you can hear. It's just silent outside. Is she going to be okay? We're like, eh, yeah, I think so. But it hit me. It hit me. I, so I got back. I did, I did take that first bite. I finally did. Now, the story's not about the tomahawk. I mean, I acted like it was part of it. I'm just saying I've got to bring it back just to tell you the story because that's the tomahawk was uh, that was the most expensive steak I've ever eaten. So I put I got one bite in my mouth, maybe two, and then in the dead silence, I I I look at my old boss, the 25 year paramedic, who's sitting right next to my new boss, who doesn't he has no amusement that I wanted tomahawk steaks, and I say I just out of nowhere I'm like. What did you do during all of that? Like, what did, what, did, what did you do when she fell out? You're the paramedic. What did you do? And he just leaned back in his chair and smiled as he was still chomping on his 
40-ounce tomahawk, and he said something like, it was something to the effect of, he's like, well, I've done that a thousand times. I figured it was your turn. That's what he said he, he, as he just sat there and continued to eat through the trauma, still eating post-trauma, and uh, that's what he said. But then, <laughs> and it, it made me smile, but annoyingly, because he literally never got out of his chair. And then I point at my new boss, and I'm like, and what's your problem? You're mad because I think tomahawks are delicious? I just sat on the table. I want to come in here and get it. You're all mad because I'm thinking about the tomahawk. And then after that, then they started laughing. It was a normal evening. I think it was a normal evening. Now, about three hours later, maybe four, we, we stayed up. We didn't go to bed when we got back to the hotel because we weren't sure if we were going to have to take her back, uh, or, or at least me, because, and, and uh, my new boss, because we lived in the same city, and, and you know she wasn't going to fly. It was the middle of the night. So she walks in like 2 or 3 a.m. I get up. She's still walking with the top boss and the corporate lady. And I get up, and I'm like, hey, are you okay? And she leans <laughs> And she leans over my ear, and this is, I mean, remember, she was, like, out of it and, like, life-changing moment for her, and all she whispers to me, she's like, I didn't poop my pants. <laughs> That's what she said. That's, that was it. That was the extent of our conversation. I'm like, well, that's that's good. That's a lot better than you know because I was about to be out. Uh, she went to bed. Turns out she was just fine, and that was it. I don't know. I just thought of the stories because somebody asked me some safety questions. They're like, hey, man, you <laughs> just ask me questions. I remember those stories. So, you know, if I ever had to get scammed, at least as a professional guy, and, uh, you know, that lady you used to work with, she was real professional, too. She held it in. Thanks for holding it in for me. Uh, made, made my day. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, this week to the Life and Times podcast. Once again, let's put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. And uh, we'll see you next week. Love you.